Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we want you to speak to us today, Lord. We don't want to just talk to talk. We want to talk because we want to talk about your things. We want to talk about what you want to tell us. We want to understand where you're at. We want to understand what you want us to understand because we want to love you and we want to get close to you, Lord. And yes, we want to make you be happy with us. We want you to be pleased with us. And so we ask that you open our minds, open our hearts, open our spirit to receive the word that you have for us today, that we can understand what you're saying, that we can walk away from here, change today, a little bit more open our mind, our understanding, and that we can apply this word in our lives so that we can truly be walking on the highway of holiness. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin today with Luke chapter 12. Verses 1 to 3. Luke 12, 1 to 3. So it says, Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and stepping on each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Their hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Okay, that's an interesting word. Hypocrisy. Hypocrite. Hypocrisy. What's that all about? Hypocrisy is bringing forth, putting out one thing when the truth is something else. Hypocrite. I am showing myself to be good when I'm really not good. I'm showing myself to be brave when I'm really not brave. So it's kind of like the same thing as a mask. You see that mask with the big smile, but the guy behind the mask is actually crying. When a hypocrite speaks, they're saying one thing, but the truth in the, behind that is something else. And the Lord is telling the disciples, and thank you very much, to, and, and all the people that um, to beware of the Pharisees, beware of the Pharisees, be of the yeast, of the yeast. And then it explains there, beware of their hypocrisy. Then it says, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. What do we get from this? God does not like hypocrisy. God does not like lying. God likes things to be, it is what it is, the truth, no matter what. And we also get from this that you, you can't fool God and you're not going to fool anybody else either. I say that in the things of the Lord and also if you notice in politics and in life, whatever is hidden back there, sooner or later, it's going to come out. Sooner or later, it comes going to come out. So it doesn't really pay. It doesn't really pay. God does not like this. So this is what I'm getting at. We're going to walk on that highway of holiness. Let's get our act together. Let's start getting certain things in order so that we can start walking on that highway of holiness in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and that there's nothing that is going to cancel me out before I even begin. All right. In the New Testament, when the church was beginning, there was great poverty in the church. Thousands of people, remember those sermons, 3,000 got saved, 5,000 got saved, were coming into the church. And you know what was happening? They were getting thrown out of their homes. 
They were thrown out of their families. They were losing their jobs. They were losing their contact with other people because of the animosity that there was against Christ and the message of Christ. Look at that. It was there at the beginning, and now it's just the same. Right? It was there in the beginning. It's now just the same. However, what happened that we see the story of the New Testament church, these new Christians began to help one another. Many people were selling properties that they didn't need in order to help those who had needs. Okay, so there's this couple called Ananias and Sapphira. They raised their hands in the church meeting and said, we want to sell a piece of land and we want to give all the money to the needy. Yeah, okay, great. They did sell the land, but you know what? They lied. They sold it for 100000 They kept 20000 and then they brought 80000 Nick knows about that because he does real estate. <laughs> they brought 80000 but they said, this is the money that we got for the piece of land. They lied. They lied. They, and they gave, they gave the remainder as though it was the complete amount. It says now in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, that the Holy Spirit revealed the lie to Peter. See what I mean? You can't do that here. You can't do that here. No matter how hard you try, you know, God brings the truth out. God brings the truth out. And look at what he says. He says, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. Look at this. The property was yours. You could have sold it or you could have kept it. You didn't have to sell it. It was yours. You could have done what you want with it. And when you did sell it, the money was yours. You could do whatever you want with it, you know. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us. You, my friend, were lying to God. You were lying to God. And so Luke tells us that there was a lot of unity and love in the church at that time. People were sensitive to each other's needs. Wow. Like, like here, right? Spring of Life Church. Amen? They were like a big family. They really were concerned about each other and they loved one another. However, the same as us here, not everyone is on the same level spiritually. Okay? In, in, in Christ, you get born again, and when you get born again, you're like a baby, and bit by bit, you start growing. Some people are on a higher spiritual level, and some are on a lower spiritual level. Okay, so Ananias and Sapphira, they wanted the reputation. They wanted to look, appear to be generous, and they were like really good people of God, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? They didn't want to pay the price. They didn't want to pay the price. They didn't have the spiritual maturity. I don't know, it's crazy. People, people mess with God. You know, why didn't they just sell it and come and say, look, we saw the house, we had to use part of the money, but we want to give this nice chunk of money to the church. What's the big deal? You know what I mean? But they wanted to, in Puerto Rico, they call it un botate, un botate. You know, they wanted to like, yeah, wow, they gave the whole thing. They gave the whole thing. Okay. And so... Um, the truth is we're not all on the same spiritual maturity, the maturity spiritually. We, we're on different levels of maturity. So we need to face that reality. Yah 
you got converted. Yeah, you understand certain things. Yes, you're doing good, blah, blah, blah. But we need to know that I still got a long way to go, okay? I got married in, married. I got saved in 1974. I got married in 76. I got saved in 74, and I've been in this a long time, and I've seen and understood and learned a bunch of stuff, and I still got a long way to go. Hello? Still have a long way to go, and we need to realize that. Sometimes, frankly, we need to reach out for help. I said that in my last message. We got 11, I don't even have enough fingers. We have 11 pastors in this church, and people don't go to them. They don't ask them questions. They make crazy decisions without checking with anybody, and then their whole life starts to fall apart. We need to, like, stay connected, and we need to do this in a serious manner, okay? Sometimes we've matured in age, but we have not matured spiritually. And you know what? I, I remember now in my, in, my, in my life, I remember when I first got saved, people would say things like, I've been in the church 30 years and this and blah, 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 blah. And I was a new believer. And I knew that what they were saying was wrong. I knew that what they were saying was wrong. It doesn't, you know, just because you're here 10 or 20 or whatever years doesn't mean that you know it all. Doesn't mean that you're perfect. We always have space to grow. Look at this. Hebrews 5 12 to 14 says, Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, look at this. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic truths about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Most of the time, experience, time, teaches us a lot of things. We study stuff. Sometimes you study a whole career, like law, right? But when you get out there and you start practicing, right? That's what uh, Pastor Molina told me. Like, there's stuff that you learn actually doing it. And most of the time, when a person has the age and the time and the experience, they learn stuff. But sometimes some people don't. And a, a lot of times, I think that people don't learn more because they think they know it already. Hello? Huh? They think they already know, right? But we need to know that we can always learn something. And I've learned in life that you can learn a lot, even from someone that you never thought, you never expected, that you could learn something from that person, okay? We need to be humble, and we need to have an open, an open mind and an open heart. We continue in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding, Surely, we don't need to start all over again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. We know that already. We don't have to keep repeating the same thing. Let's, come on, move on. Let's grow up. Let's grow up. No, verse 2, you don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Okay. You know what I think happens a lot? Nobody wants to look stupid, you know? So people were like, yeah, yeah, I got that. I got that. I understood it. They didn't understand nothing. <laughs> that happens to me at rehearsals. Yeah, yo, okay, we got it. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then when I go one, two, three, four, it's a mess. 
They didn't know anything. But they didn't want to look like they didn't know it. You know? So we have to. This is not going to happen by itself. We got to get into this. We got to study the word of God. Right? Okay. And we try to hide behind any number of masks. We use masks a lot. But when we do this, the Holy Spirit brings brings our false spirituality to the light, you know? Uh, okay, and, and you know what? It's one thing that God lets everybody see that, that you were wrong, but the one I get scared of is that when we're doing this, using a mask and lying, it's not a good place to be, and sometimes bad things can happen to you, okay? Jesus said to the Pharisees in Luke 16, 15, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Jesus uses strong language. You like to look important. You like to look like you've got it on the control. You look like you've arrived, but it's baloney. And I want you to know something, he says. What the, Lord, what the world applauds is detestable to God. And this is something that we hear spoken about a lot in this church. You know, people want to be famous, be known, make a lot of money, have a lot of stuff. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. To, to God, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. To God, what matters is if you're connected with him, if you have a relationship with God. That is what's going to save us for eternity more and more we see and we see it a lot in our church people who have gained a lot of property and money and things but not necessarily peace not necessarily happiness not necessarily a good marriage not a good relationship with their children what this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. A lot of times people who have a lot of money, a lot of fame, who are kind of like in the public eye, there's a lot of bad stuff going on under there that people don't know about. And God detests that. Okay, maybe it's time for us to humble ourselves and say, Lord, help me to mature spiritually. Lord, help me to mature spiritually. You know, it's, I tell people, look, if you want to get ahead in life, you got to work at it. you got to work hard at it, of course. Anything you want to do, you can work at it and you can do it. But the most important thing you need to work at is your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Your most important thing that you need to do is work on your relationship with God. And there's a verse somewhere that says that if you look for the things of God first, then God is going to add everything else. So we might as well just start there, Right? Uh, Lord, help me to mature and then pay attention to the word of God and believe and obey the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When you ask God to show you something, he's going to show it to you. Open your eyes. You're going to see it and then do it. Amen. It's not that complicated, you know. But a lot of times we don't want to, we don't want to, we really don't want to see that, you know. We're wearing a mask. We look like we want to follow the Lord, but when the Lord comes through and tells us, then we go the other way. Don't let Satan put you in the terrible position that he put Ananias and Sapphira. You don't want to end up there. Unfortunately, 
they lost their lives. But I'm talking about they lost their lives on the spot. And it was a total unnecessary lie. They didn't have to lie like that. That's why I kind of feel bad for them because, you know, the Bible says that this is the New Testament. This is not the Old Testament. This is in the New Testament. And each one of them, as they're telling the lie, they got zapped. They were toast. Both of them killed on the spot. See, a lie that was not unnecessary. Okay, now, we are going to look at some situations where, okay, on one hand, we put on a mask and then we represent something that's not. But look at the other side. Sometimes life or someone will put a mask on somebody. Okay, here we're going to look at where something else, someone else puts a mask on someone by force or by a lie, by force or a lie. So sometimes a mask is put on me that's not really me, but it's being put on me by somebody else. Okay, so now we go to another, 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 another thing here. Okay, we're going to go to the story of the man with the iron mask, the man with the iron mask. I don't know about you guys, I remember seeing that movie in black and white. <laughs> but I'm a lot older than most of you. Okay. The man with the iron mask, which is also known as the Three Musketeers. You remember that, right? The Three Musketeers, okay. Here's a story. Queen Anne of France gives birth to a son. The queen gives birth to a son. But here comes the novella part, okay. This son would inherit the kingdom. Her son would be the next king. But what very few people knew was that only minutes later, a twin came out, another one. Nobody knew about that one. She had a son, but the twin brother was born. Next, 22 years later, King Louis XIV, he was only 22. That's kind of young to be a king, right? But King Louis XIV is the king of France, the first twin that was born, right? He ruled the country of France, but due to his evil and sinful lifestyle, and because he was involved in too many wars, too many expensive wars, the people of France were forced to suffer hardship, hunger, and poverty. The people were not doing good. This king is not a good king, doesn't really care about the, peop the people. He's having all these crazy wars all over the place, and the people are not in good shape. Then what happened is that one of, ta-da, one of the three musketeers finds out that, look at this, the other twin brother, he's alive, he's alive, he's locked up someplace in a dungeon, they got him locked up, and a la cañona, like they say in Puerto Rico, forcibly, they put an iron mask over his head so that nobody could see his face and know that he looks exactly like the king, you know what I mean? Nobody could see his face, and so he could never, ever, ever even dream about going up to the throne. But the three musketeers are here, okay? 
They're the good guys, right? <laughs> what happens? What do they do? I don't know. It's weird. What do they do in those times? You know, with the kings and all that stuff? They're always dancing minuets, you know. You know, they have this humongous masquerade ball. You remember those masquerade balls? Everybody's with the mask, you know. <laughs> While the masquerade ball is going on, the three musketeers help the twin brother trade places with his evil brother. They put the iron mask on the evil brother who had been the king, and now they lock him up in the prison. <laughs> now the good twin brother becomes the king of France, and nobody knows the difference except that now he's a good king. Wonderful. And you're probably thinking, Pastor, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> okay. Let's see. In Luke 4.18, Luke 4.18, Jesus tells us that he has been given the power to remove masks that have been placed on him, and he has the power to free us from masks that have been put on us. So let's read that scripture. Luke 4.18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. That's what Jesus said. That was Luke 4, 18. Now let's break that down real quick because we don't have much time. Okay, number one. First of all, Jesus says that he came to preach the gospel to the poor. To those who have been denied the gospel because they are poor. Now, we don't think of that too much nowadays. But look at this. I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a type of a churches that they're into being prosperous. That, you know, you, you, you. If you're right with God, you're going to have a Cadillac. If you're right with God, you're going to have a lot of money. You're going to have properties. You're going to, and if you don't, that means that something is wrong with you. So that means that a person who's poor to them is not up to the right level where they should be. Some people have put a mask on God that he is involved in favoritism, that God has favorites, that God is together with people who are rich and who, have, who, have, who are famous, we know that that's a lie of the devil. We know that that's a lie of the devil. We've been talking today about how it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. What's important is that you have a relationship with God. And you know what? There's a very big danger in a person who does not have a connection with God, who gets a lot of things or has a lot of things. The tendency is they tend to think they don't need God. People will think, I don't need God because I have everything, so that must mean that I'm okay. But it does not mean that. God loves the poor and the rich equally. And the prize of eternal life doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Number two, Christ came to heal the brokenhearted, it says there, right? 
But some people have put a mask on God saying that he doesn't really care about your pain. No, he doesn't really care about your pain. Well, look, I read the Bible. I've just been reading all the prophets. And, and God weeps. God cries. God hurts for us. Because when we don't do things the right way, things go wrong, terribly wrong in our lives. And God is concerned about us, about our pain. He doesn't want us to be hurting. That's why he talks to us and tells us where we need to go, what we have to do. But we don't. And then bad things happen. That's another lie of the devil. Number three, Christ came to preach deliverance to the captives. He came to open the iron bars of the prison to free people from what? From their vices, from their bad habits, and from their addictions. But they put a mask on God, which says that God, he can't help you with that. He can't help you come out of the prison of your bad habits or your vices or your addiction. Another lie. How many Christian ministries, how many Christian programs are all over the place reaching out and helping people? And we've all heard testimonies about people who have been miraculously healed of their addictions to drugs, of alcoholism, of gambling, and so many other things. When the Holy Spirit of God comes on a life, anything can happen. And you know what? I thought of another one. We have doctors. God heals miraculously. But even people who don't know or understand or not into the things of God, God is so good. He gave doctors so that those doctors can help us out. God does care about our pain. He does. Now, let's go to number four. Christ came to set at liberty, at liberty those who are bruised. Okay, God came to free those who are bruised. What is a bruise? What's going on with that? Sometimes people have severe internal injuries that no one can see. They're bleeding, but they're bleeding on the inside. They can't see it. Nobody can see it. Other people don't even know that those injuries are there. For example, your relationships with other people. Sometimes those relationships are very short and they don't really work. They don't really work. You don't really relate good to other people. You don't have good relationships with other people. Okay, maybe you were treated unjustly when you were younger. Maybe you were abused physically. Maybe you were even abused sexually. And you have never been able to find a place of peace. Or maybe you have not been able to find a place of forgiveness wow hard to forgive now you find it hard or almost impossible to trust people you want to trust people and you try but somehow it always ends up the same way you're just not good with relationships right and now it could be look at this it could be that even people in the church don't warm up to you they don't get close to you wow they don't get close to you. You always feel alone and sad, even when you're with other people. So I'm going to tell you about this. These are injuries and things that happen in our past, sometimes in our childhood, that they're back there. And sometimes we make a conscious effort not to think about that. We try to put it in a box, but it's there. And it's forming us and it's making us be that the way, the way we are. It makes us be the way we are. Look at this. David in the Bible... He had, he had this situation. Do you remember when the prophet came and they said, bring all the sons because the prophet is going to see which is the one that's going to be the next king? They didn't call David. 
They just left him out there. No, that one, forget about that guy. So that type of, that type of a situation in a person's life will be there, in there, an injury that's bleeding inside. My family, they don't care about me. They didn't care about me. They didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't care about me. They didn't even call me. They didn't call me. David had that. Look at this, another one. Peter had these injuries. Peter was impulsive, <laughs> out of control. He couldn't even trust himself, you know. And he, he made a lot of big mistakes, Peter. You know what I mean? So who knows what happened in Peter's life to make him be that way. But things that happen in our lives create these situations in us. And you remember the Apostle Paul? Yes, he had a life before Christ. It was very lousy. But later on, he was not accepted. He was rejected. People didn't want to let him in. He was rejected. So he had to deal with that rejection. So these, these things in our past are there, and they, and they form us. You know, they form us. Now, look at this. Maybe the mask that you're wearing is a big smile. I think of, they have a, a, a face at Coney Island in Brooklyn, that's this big smiley face, you know? And then maybe that's, maybe that's the, the mask that you have on, but maybe that mask is simply covering a whole bunch of pain and bruises that you have inside. But let's always remember that Christ came to destroy the strongholds of the past. We know that, right? How many say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Christ came to just wipe all that out. When we come to Christ, we're a new creature. We're a new creature. Matter of fact, I want to say a prayer right now. Heavenly Father, if there's anyone here suffering from strongholds of the past, of things that are affecting their lives, pain, bad situations, bad experiences, things that are affecting the way they are today, we just ask that you would break that chain, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you would free that person, Lord. Free that person right now. It's not an accident that we're talking this. It's not an accident that we're here. It's not an accident that these folks are hearing this, Lord. And we just know that you want to work in their lives and you want to free them because you came to free the captives, Lord. You mean to be a blessing in our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now to continue. Jesus came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus says, hold on, be firm. I'm returning soon. But they put a mask on Jesus that says, there's not going to be no rapture. What do you mean that we've been waiting forever? That's never going to happen. He's not going to come. The dead, the dead rising. Are you crazy? Dead people stay dead. That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? That's another lie of the devil. That's another lie of the devil. The, the, word, the word speaks of this in many ways, in many places. And it's just a mask that's being put on Christ, which is not real. Now, quickly, let's go back to the Old Testament. Remember Lot's wife? Lot's wife is mentioned in Genesis 19.26. Genesis 19.26. It says, but Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, behind her husband, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Lot's wife looked back. She turned into a pillar of salt. She was famous of the most, she was part of the most famous family of faith. In that family that she was living in, she knew about the presence of God and the power of God. She knew all that stuff. They call that family the patriarchs. They're like the fathers of the faith. 
She knew that reality. But there came a day when she had to make a personal decision. And that moment comes to each and every one of us. I hope you know that. There's going to be a day that we all have to make a decision. Now, Lot thought that he was an intelligent. He thought he had, you know, I, I got this. I know how this works. He thought he was making an intelligent decision when he decided to move into the city called Sodom. But you know what? He was not making a spiritual decision. See, that's one of those decisions. You know, people think, oh, we got problems here. I think I'm going to move to Dallas. What's going to happen? You're going to take your problems with you to Dallas. Now, you know, that's not going to change anything. He thought he was going to move into uh, to Sodom and that they were going to make a lot of money. But it was not a spiritual decision. Okay? Lot's wife did not only move to Sodom with her husband, but she allowed Sodom to move into her heart and take over. Okay? Sodom moved into her heart. The lewdness of that city was legendary. And it fascinated her. The indecency of Sodom dulled her sense of morality. Things were so crazy there that she just got pulled in by all that. All the shiny stuff and all the snags and all the great, great stuff that she thought was going on there. They say that happens to people where? In Las Vegas. What do they say? What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Why? Because it's disgusting, it's horrible, it's embarrassing. You don't want anybody to know what you did in Las Vegas when you were drunk and, and on drugs and crazy over there and, lose, and you lost all your money, you know? I think that when people go to places like this, they either temporarily or permanently get possessed by a demon and then they do stuff that they don't even want to mention to anybody else when they get home. They want to forget about it. They don't even want to think about it. That's what happened to her. She got totally taken in over Unfortunately, that's where we are in our society today. And as we all know, that's even happening in a lot of churches and with a lot of pastors. I'm not putting down anything, but just so you know that I understand that not everybody who's in church is perfect. We're all human beings and there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faith, he was part of that family. He was the, the first one in that family. He prayed. He got between Lot's wife and God, and he prayed for her safety. He prayed for the family's safety. God sent two angels, remember? The two angels warned them and told them that total destruction was going to come to Sodom and Gomorrah, these two towns. Lot's wife seemed to be reacting, but she wasn't. Why wasn't she reacting? She was wearing a mask. She was showing one thing, but there was something else going on in her. She refused to take it off until it was just too late. Look at this, folks. An undecided person is an invalid. If you are undecided, you're good for nothing. You can't move. An undecided person is an invalid. You, that's why I'm saying we need to know who am I? Where do I stand? What do I believe? Where am I going? What's going to be the end of all this? Decide today, right now. The truth is she never wanted to leave Sodom. The truth is she wanted to go back. Something inside of her was saying, go back, go back. It's good over there. The lights, the jazzy, the this and that and blah, blah, blah. Go back, go back. Her feet were walking out of Sodom, but her heart remained in Sodom. That's what it means when it says that she looked back. She looked back. She looked back. It says that she was transformed 
into a pillar of salt. Can't play around with these things. Can't play around with these things. I've just heard yesterday about it. I know two cases of two people. That's what I'm saying. Look, you got cold people, you got hot people. Hot people, hot. What does hot mean? Yeah, they're on fire. They're into this. They're involved. They're seeking the Lord. Cold people, they might not even know about the Lord. They're nowhere. They need to get turned on. You got to turn on the fire. You know what I mean? They're nowhere. But in the middle, you got lukewarm. Oh, my God. And the Bible says that the Lord God will vomit them out. Vomit. It doesn't say spit. Spit is a little lighter. But when he says vomit, it's kind of like too gross. <laughs> vomit stinks, right? You know, the Lord is going to vomit them out. He would rather you be cold because if you're cold, you have the possibility of being hot or that you be hot. But he doesn't want you to be there in the middle. Like I said, Lot's wife knew stuff. She was around the right, the right thing. Anyway, now to conclude today's message, I want to share this with you. Really quick, two petrified bodies, two petrified bodies were excavated in Pompeii. That's in Italy. The whole city was covered with lava from this huge volcano called Mount Vesuvius. Okay, that happened a long time ago. The whole city was covered with this lava that came out of that volcano. So now, you know, recently, they dug up two figures that were there in the lava, buried there in the lava. One was a watchman, a watchman. He was standing in his place at watch at the city gates. He had his spear in his hand. He had his sword on his side. He had his helmet on his head. He was still there. And he remained there frozen in time for us all to see. They discovered that guy. That mountain blew up. All hell broke loose. And he, he was firm. He was standing there doing what he had to do. Now, the other figure was a woman. A woman. Okay. Her feet were torn toward the exit, the gate of the city. Her feet were going in the right way. She was going in the way to leave town. This thing is blowing up. That stuff is coming out, and we got to get out of here. But though her feet were turned in the right direction, her body was turned the other way. What's going on? Her body was turned toward the city of Pompeii, where the volcano was. Her hands were outstretched. Her hands were outstretched. And just beyond the reach of her fingertips was a bag full of pearls. So she's trying to leave town, and apparently she dropped that bag full of pearls. So she's turned around, and the bag is just a little bit over there. She waited too long. <laughs> she waited too long. They found her just like that. The lava reached her and covered her, and that was it. And Lot's wife and this lady both paid the price for that. They lost their lives. Indecision, not being sure. See what I mean? We got we to gotta think about this ahead of time. Problems are going to come. Situations are going to come. We need to make decisions all the time. We have to have this under control. Okay, so the question we need to ask ourselves now is, hey, 
what kind of a mask am I wearing today? Huh? What kind of a mask do I have on? Definitely don't want to be there. What kind of a mask are you wearing today? Where are you at? And as we know, our Christian life is a process. We're like cleaning up our act as we go. What areas of my life do I still need to get right with God in? God is speaking to us and he's telling us we need to remove that mask today. And we need to get things right with God once and for all. How many say amen? Amen? Okay. We may be able to fool the entire world. But we need to be careful that we're not just fooling ourselves. Amen? We're not just fooling ourselves. And we all need to know that we will never, ever, ever be able to fool God. You know what I mean? You can have a mask on and you can deceive people, but you're never going to deceive God. I mean, God sees everything and God knows what's going on. And um, like I said, God will always reveal the truth. And not only that, that thing is going to come back and bite you. It's going to come back and, and it's not going to be good for you. And that's not what God wants to you. Remember the highway of holiness. God wants to bless us. He wants to give us a whole bunch of good stuff. What we need to do is, is get on track, get on, get on track with God. So let's stop playing little games. Let's take off that mask. And with God's help, let's begin to start walking on the highway of holiness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this word. We just ask that you would put it in our hearts, that it would be real to us, that we could search ourselves Study ourselves, study you, study your word, humble ourselves, come before you, and prepare, Lord. Right now, the church is doing the Daniel fast. We're preparing ourselves, Lord, to be closer to you, to have a closer relationship to you, that you might speak to us, that you might speak to our lives, Lord. Lord, I just, I just ask that, that you would work in our minds and our hearts, because we love you, Lord, and we want to be close to you. And we don't want to be hypocrites, and we don't want to wear a mask, Lord. There are things in our lives that we know that we have to straighten out and take care of. Help us to be able to face them. Help us to be re able to reach out and, and ask for help if we need it, Lord. Because we know that we're in critical times. We've had a bad year. We know that this year can be really different, but we really need you to help us. We need you to be with us. And we're just asking you in Jesus' name. If there's anybody here that's struggling with a mask of some kind, okay? I just want to pray right now specifically for that. Maybe something that I've said has made you think of an area where you're wearing a mask or something that you haven't let go of or something that you have to clear up in your life. Let's pray about that right now. Lord, I present these people to you in a special way. People who might be watching also on Facebook. Lord, help us. Help us to rip off that mask. Help us to bring things to the light. We know that nothing can be hidden. And we just ask, Lord, that you would help us to put things on the table, Lord. To discuss them. To pray about them. To work on them. And to come to the answer that you have for us. To seek your will. To seek your guidance, Lord. Help us to be able to enter into that highway of holiness, Lord. Not that we're better than anybody, Lord, but that we're wanting to get 
close to you, that we want to, to be right with you. And we do want all those blessings that you have for us. So I present all these people, Lord. You know who they are. Right now, they're talking to you about their needs. They're talking to you about the areas that they have problems with. Prepare them also, Lord. And Lord, those of us who have more time in you, more experience, who've been through more things, give us a special break, grace so that we, with love, we can help other people who are having other difficulties because we are a family and we all want to come into your presence together, Lord. Help us not to leave anyone behind. Help us to speak when we need to speak, Lord, and give us the love that we can speak with your love in our hearts and that people can be healed and people can be lifted up and people can be closer to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Well, this is the second Sunday of the year. Happy New Year. God bless you. And what can I say? We'll see you on Wednesday night at the 7 p.m. service. Hallelujah. God bless you now.